Amen. Austin, this feels really loud, boomy to me. I don't know if you want to maybe just turn that down a little bit. So how I got to be here today is a couple of weeks ago, you know, we're just getting ready in the morning and God had been speaking something to me. I kept hearing a phrase and God was showing me something. And I, I finally, after a couple of days, I said something to Chris because I just sometimes don't necessarily want to say something to Chris about things God says to me or whatever. And so I was like, hey, baby, I think I have something for Easter Sunday, which is really big for me. And, and I said, do you already know what you're talking about? Or, you know, you know, you got what you're doing or whatever. And he was like, well, yeah, I was thinking about, and I don't even know what he said. I have no idea. It's gone. And so, but as soon as he said, yeah, I know I'm thinking about, mm, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm out the window. I released what I told him. I thought it was all said and done. And my obedience was there so that I could say, hey, I heard this here. You can do with it whatever you want. So this week when we're waiting in the uh, emergency room on Wednesday, um, Chris looks at me and he says, so I guess we know why God gave you something to share on, on Easter Sunday. And I was like, oh no, you're going to be home. Oh no, you're going to be out. It's all going to be fine. So uh, needless to say, here we are. So I really didn't think at all about any of that again until yesterday when I had to. So um, you'll, you'll notice my notes on handy hospital paper. Never, never underestimate your settings and surroundings. Okay, so Anyway, that day that the Lord had been speaking stuff to me for a couple of days, I heard a term. So I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to say rock and roll. Okay, so how's it feel to say that? Feels pretty good, doesn't it? Come on. Um, just to say this, Chris was laughing at me, you know, because, of course, I was at some point last night after his surgery when he was quite feeling happy and a little loopy and not quite oriented. I was trying to say, so I'm doing this. And okay, because I wrote all this while he was in surgery, actually. And, uh, you know, so when he was awake at three o'clock this morning, we were talking about things. And he said, just make sure, just tell everybody, even though we are completely different in our personalities, he and I, we really do want the same thing for this house. And we really do have the same heart for this house. And how sweet it is that that is the truth. That is the truth. So we are always, like I always say, Rocky Road. We are different. But we do have the same heart, which is Father's heart, I believe, for this house. So <clears throat> rock and roll is kind of who I am, okay? Not that Chris is a little country, but no. Okay. Um, so what I felt like God was saying is that today is Easter. And, of course, anybody that knows anything about Easter, even if it's all you know, Jesus died. He was buried, and then what happened at the, at the tomb? They rolled away the stone, right? So everybody knows that. Kids know that. Anybody that knows anything about Jesus and church and Easter knows that the stone was rolled away. So I started hearing rock and roll, and what I feel like God wants to speak to all of us today is that he wants to cause some rock and roll encounters in our life to happen, even now because of what happened that Easter day, okay? Look at your neighbor again and say, it's not your average Sunday. It's not your average Sunday today, is it? This isn't average. This isn't normal. I'd much rather the brains of the family and the experienced, skilled one be standing here. 
But I know that it's not your average Sunday in the kingdom of God because that's what Easter was, not our average Sunday. Amen? Amen. The people didn't know what they were expecting. They didn't even know what was going to happen. And so I just really believe God wants to give us those encounters. So what I did is I pulled some scriptures, and I had never done this before, um, which was really a cool thing, and I recommend this. I looked at the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and just compared Resurrection Day. Okay? I compared Resurrection Day. So I'm just going to share with you kind of where that journey started for me. And we'll just go through my notes here, okay? And just trust in the Holy Spirit's going to speak. Rock and roll. So God, if you want to turn to Matthew 28, had a plan from the beginning, even as we talked about. And you might think, what did all of that have to do with me? Okay? Some of us might think, great, Jesus rose. He, you know, did what nobody else ever did. Certainly did what no God claiming God has ever done. What's that have to do with me? Well, even as I think it was Steve Jones that already shared earlier today, everything that Jesus did on the earth, when he walked the earth, he did as our example. Okay. Amen. He did it all because we have the same access to God that he had. He gave up his godness. He gave up everything that was Godhead in heaven, and he became a man. And so from the moment he was born in the manger till the day that he trans... What do you, what do you say? Ascended? Transcended? Whatever that word is. Ascended, right? Up into, back to heaven. Everything Jesus did was for an example for us, okay? Um, so I just want you to remember that. Everything that he did until he ascended back to heaven was for us, including resurrection day, including resurrection day. Didn't just stop when he rose from the cross, from the grave, but there were things that he did. Okay. So Matthew 28, we're going to start. Oh, it'd probably help if I'm there too. Um, With the first, I'm just going to kind of go in order here. Okay. Jesus wants to give us a new job. Okay, a new role. Matthew 28, we're talking about after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb, and there was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. Okay, so that's actually, this is the only place that I could, that I think showed about the violent earthquake and the angel rolling back the stone. Um, By the way, I will tell you one little tidbit that I found when I was looking up this stuff last night is, you know, that the stone was rolled away, not so that Jesus could get out, but it was for us. He didn't need the stone to be rolled away. It actually says somewhere later in John Doors were locked, gates were locked, and Jesus walked in the room. He came through the walls. He came through things. Everything changed when he rose from the grave, but he didn't need an angel or God to roll the stone away. We did. Okay? That was for our benefit. So I thought that was a pretty cool, pretty cool thought. So verse 19 of chapter 28. It's in my Bible in the red letters. And Jesus is now with his disciples after what had happened that morning. And he says, therefore, there's a two-letter word. What is it? Go. Everybody say go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus wants to give us life encounters forever. 
forever. But he gave us a new role that after that happened, a new position, a new authority, a new job, really, go and make disciples, okay? So that was kind of what was accomplished in Matthew when we saw the violent rock and roll thing happen. Everybody that came, what's happening? What's, what's the angel saying? And Jesus appeared and, you know, everybody saw what they saw, but it was later when he came to the disciples and he said, therefore, go. Okay. He still had a plan. It was still all a part of the goal. Um, let's go on to Mark. Something I was thinking about in our journey this week, which has been a journey. I will say that, um, going in the hospital on Mark chapter 16 on Wednesday, really didn't quite know exactly what was going on with Chris had a feeling it had to do with his gallbladder, but I'm going to just say this because your family and you get it. For those of you that are visitors, just stay with me. Um, we have had some serious stuff happen in the house with cancer. Okay. Pastor dad died. Pastor Dudley died of pancreatic cancer and Deb died of cancer. The church secretary, not long after dad died. And all of this has been in the last five years. And so Chris, knowing that things have been going on in his body for probably several years now, didn't want to go to the doctor. He didn't want to find out. He didn't want to know any bad reports. He just, he had that gripping him, you know, and we all get that. As much as we say, God's your bloodline and your heritage and all your new DNA and all that stuff, there's still this battle that we can, that we can go on with. And that was part of Chris's journey that he had to finally come to a place where, okay, I need to find out what's happening. And basically Sunday he got sick. He ate a whole lot of Chinese food with Denny at lunch on Sunday and it acted up and that's happened in the past, but it always goes away. Well, it didn't go away, the pain and the discomfort and everything. And it actually got worse and then he couldn't eat and then he got sick. So the whole thing. And so by Wednesday, it's like, okay, no matter what the report is, I need to find out what's going on because really he wanted to live and not die. Amen. You get to a point sometimes where you just have to choose. I'm going to live and not die no matter what. So we're sitting in the emergency room and they come in and they tell us, you know, kind of what's going on. Well, no, they hadn't told us anything yet. They were getting us prepped. And I'm like, okay, I have to call mom. Okay. Chris's mom, pastor Chris's mom. And I didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be the one to call mom, but I knew I had to be the one to call mom, you know? And so, of course, she's gone through her own journal, but journey, but now it's her son, right? Dad went through this. Now it's mom's son. So I call mom. You know, we prayed before I called and called mom just, you know, okay, mom, here's what's going on. And, and it, was a tough, it was a tough thing. It was a tough thing for her to hear where we were and what was happening. She knew he hadn't been feeling well, and we told her about that a couple of days before. So I got off the phone with mom, and I just thanked God I didn't cry. I thanked God I did not break down and cry on the phone with mom. However, the next call was Karen. <laughs> and thank God I did cry. <laughs> and it was all okay because I said, you know, it's an emotional battle as well as a physical battle right now. And we know that we're not the only ones that were feeling that. You guys didn't know on Wednesday, right, what was happening and where we were. But we know that the church feels that too. Okay, we're very aware of that. So part of all of this journey has been praying for the church to have faith and not in any way be afraid of the report. Okay. So mom included in all of that. So that's really just been what God has spoken. So I'm going to tell you Friday morning. So we had all this happen. 
They find out it's the gallbladder. Thank God, everybody's happy. It's really the gallbladder. It's not pancreatic cancer, none of that stuff. And, you know, just settled it. We know what it is. Pray about it. Okay, we're going to go in on Thursday. We're going to take that gallbladder out, and everything's going to be fine. Thursday morning, his blood levels were bad. And they're like, nope, you've got a, you've got a stone. You've got a stone blocking things. Hello? That's causing you to not have life. Hello? So, okay, that's Thursday. We're going to go in tomorrow, and we're going to remove the stone, and then you're going to be fine. We're going to take that gallbladder out. So, actually, I think that was Wednesday. So Thursday, you know, they are going to do what they're going to do. They go in. They do that other procedure. I don't even know what it's called. But they take that stone out. Everything's good. And so we're all full of faith. We're like, okay, we got that stone out. It's time to get that gallbladder out. We're going. So Friday morning, do all the blood work again. And he says, no, you're not ready yet. Your body just isn't responding yet. You got too much junk in there. We can't take the gallbladder out today. So that was Friday morning. And that was probably the hardest day. That was the hardest day. Because we were so full of hope. Everybody in the OR room is like, we'll see you tomorrow. You're fine. We'll see you tomorrow. And everybody's, you know, the doctor, he's like, you look fabulous. Everything looks great. Everything went perfect with this Friday morning. And look, I'm not saying this as though we are the only ones that have ever gone through stuff like this. Amen. Everybody in the room, we understand stuff like this. Okay. Well, I'm laying in, this was, this was last night, as a matter of fact. Um, no, what is today? Sunday? Yes, this was last night. Um, I'm laying in the, you know, in, in the room in my, in my nice little recliner, um, thinking about things. And I was thinking about Friday morning and that Carmen, that old Carmen song. If you guys remember that old Carmen song that said Friday's here, but Sunday's coming, right? Or Sunday's on its way. Right. And it was just such a declaration to me of what had happened Friday and in my disappointment, in all of our disappointment, the things that we walked through, okay, this may be a bad thing, okay? This is a really hard thing to swallow. We don't even know what that means about tomorrow. We really didn't know. Okay, is it going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be the next? We didn't know. So every day, it's like, we don't know what they're going to say. But we got to the point where we had to say, God, we trust you. We trust you above whatever the doctors, whatever the circumstances, whatever we even feel. And so, like I said, that was all last night. And, you know, God just showed that to me. But of course it was after surgery and it was after things went really well yesterday. And I had that peace of knowing that even in that place, when Friday morning's hard, when Friday looks like your savior, your king isn't there, what happened? It's all I've known. Jesus, I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure where you went. Sunday comes. But here's the cool thing Chris and I were talking about. Sunday already did come and it's done forever. Okay. We don't have to wait for another Sunday because Sunday already did come. And that's what we're talking about. Jesus already did rise from the dead. All right. So Mark 16, I just wanted to throw that out there. Mark 16, um, Matthew, Mark, I'm so sorry. I really just have to follow myself here and get my notes. Um, this is yet the other story of when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Jesus and Salome brought spices so that they might go anoint Jesus's body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? They're wondering, because they're going to, they're going to, 
basically take care of the body. Okay, they're gonna they're gonna cover him with um, sweet smelling things, whatever. They're gonna clothe him and bathe him in sweet stuff. Oh, who's gonna roll away the stone? Forgot about that part. So they were having this conversation, and it's the cool thing is it says, but when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. So it was already done, and of course there's an angel sitting there, and he's talking with them, and. The interesting thing is what happens on every account is we know that Jesus, he shows himself, right? He goes to people and he reveals himself and people don't know it's him. Some do, some don't. You know, they think it's the gardener or whatever. Oh, why are you sad? You know, and people didn't necessarily recognize that it was Jesus. Well, the cool thing is that's what's going to happen to us. When we come up out of our place of maybe death, think about what the tomb represents to you this morning. And as I was thinking about what a tomb represents, I was thinking about anything that keeps us from life. Anything that keeps us from life. The tomb is basically a place for holding death. Okay, that's what the tomb was for. That's what it was built for. So a tomb can mean or represent anything in our lives that's not allowing life to come forth. It could be it could be several things that could be causing death to happen. It could be relationships. It could be sickness and disease. Okay? It could be finances. It could be um, jobs. Who knows? It could be anything. It could be your neighbor. It could just be... You know, I woke up in a bad mood and I can't get out of it because I don't know why. Maybe you need to find some freedom in Christ. You know, who knows? But the tomb could not hold Jesus because once and for all, he took care of death. Death could not hold Jesus, okay? So maybe once we make decisions to get rid of that tomb and to walk up out of it and to come up into a new life or into new life in Jesus, not just, okay, because now I'm born again, because some of us in the room, we're all on a different journey. Some have only been born again for a week or a month or a year or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years, right? We're all in a different place. But the cool thing about God is that he wants us all to come up higher he always wants us to come up higher into what he has for us. No matter what your situation, even if you're on a mountaintop right now, no matter what, he wants us. He's calling us up higher, okay? So when you walk away, maybe people won't recognize you initially. Oh, wait. Or maybe they'll realize it's you, but they'll doubt. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. I've heard this before. All right, you're giving up that? Uh-huh, I've heard this before. All right. Things are different now than they were the last time we went through this? Sure. And not only will people doubt, guess who else doubts? We doubt. Sometimes we go through those same thoughts, don't we? Really, right? We left it behind. Oh, this time it's going to be different. Or, okay, something's really different. Really, God, please let it be different, please. Right? Because we really want it to be real, and we want it to be true that there really is freedom and new life. But... Even we doubt. Even we don't recognize what God really has done for us. So don't let that stop us. Jesus didn't stop. That didn't, didn't let that stop him from where he was going and what he was doing. It didn't stop him at all. As a matter of fact, he probably even expected it. Okay, so basically, will you believe that Jesus has set you free? Will you believe that he is healer? 
no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the report, will I believe that which is the reality of every single circumstance that we face that tests our, our hope, that tests our faith, that tests our courage. And Jesus led the way for us. He led the way. Like I said, everything he did was an example for us to follow. He, why did he lead the way? Because he is the way. He's the only way. He's the only way. That's what makes him Jesus. The cool thing about Easter is it's done forever, but it's not just a one-day thing. The cross did it forever. That's what makes Jesus the answer because the cross made it Cross, the cross made it even possible for us to live with Jesus forever and to be in relationship with him forever. So, um, John, I'm skipping to a verse here, even though I'm down in Luke yet. Um, John chapter 19, something that I wanted to read, which we know. And in my Bible, I just said it out loud, but I want to read it to us because we always hear this. Um, in my Bible, it's in red, which we talk about what in my Sunday school class, Shanice, if the letters are in red, who says it? Red letters. Nathan, Caleb. Who said it? Jesus said it. Right. Okay. Jesus was the one that walked on the earth. Okay. So John chapter 19. I mean, John chapter 11. Verse 25. And we know the story. It's when, you know, his very good friend died. Right? Lazarus. And, oh, I can't find it. Help me out here, Lord. Thanks. I could do that, huh? That's a great idea. Jesus said to her, which of course is Mary and Martha, that Martha is like, where have you been? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Keep going. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die do you believe this? Do you believe? No matter what, do we believe? No matter what, no matter what Friday looks like, do we believe? Okay. All right. So now I'm actually going to go back to Luke chapter 24 and I'm going to share this little account. Okay. Let's particularly look at verses five through eight. Well, let me, let me read four. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men, because it's the women going to his tomb again. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood before them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Okay. He's not where death is. He has risen. Okay? Remember, this is what they're being reminded of. This is what is being said to them. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. And then it goes to the red letters again, which I think is really cool. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then it goes back to black letters. Then they remembered his words. So... They needed a reminder. Guess what? We need a reminder sometimes. We need reminders. Oh, wait. Don't look for the living among the dead. Don't look for life somewhere that it's always been death. Remember what Jesus has said. And that's a cool thing. One of the things um, 
that I was thinking about is we need reminders, which is the prophetic. We need the prophetic voice of the Lord coming in and saying, remember what Jesus said about you. Remember what he said to you. You can go, if you have a red letter Bible, you can go through the word. You can find everything that Jesus said. Find the things that he wants us to remember about who he is and remember what he said about you. Amen? Help that be reminders for us. And then, of course, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus gave us real examples. You know, communion is just a very real practical way. Remember me. Remember what I've done. Remember what I'm about to do, because he said that to his disciples before he even was crucified. Remember me. Don't forget what this is. Don't forget what this represents. Um, And we talked about different types of tombs and how we all need reminders no matter what our story. All right, so the last one is John chapter 19. We're going to look at 38, verse 38. And this really is a good thing to do, guys, if you want to take it and go through all the Gospels and just kind of read it together. Later, Joseph of Arimathea, this actually, yeah, is like before the tomb, um, asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. By the way, is anybody watching the Bible? Yeah. And uh, they showed Nicodemus, right, last week, I think? And, uh, you know, just, we're like, because we have the Bible out and we're trying to follow along. And, you know, of course, we're like, that really happened? Oh, that really happened? Oh, they did that well. That looked good. You know, just trying to see all that. So when I was reading this last night again, reminded, I was like, right, I know, I remember that in the movie. It was just kind of a funny thought to me. Um, Okay, so Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen, And this was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Okay, so it was brand new. And it was just for Jesus. Okay, they may not have known that ahead of time. But they were building a tomb. So what happens is, we have tombs. that are for nobody else but us. And they hold us back. Because we all have our own story, don't we? Everybody, you have your own journey. You have your own story. You have your own encounter or lack of encounter. Everything that we walk through is our own. And it's personal to us. And no one else can walk your journey for you. You know, a few weeks ago I shared, I don't remember why, but I got up and I talked about I had been fired from a job once. I think it was about forgiveness or something. I don't remember. Um, And I kind of, you know, had forgotten all about that. And it was a lot of times I think about things as though they weren't my life, but they were. And on the way home that day, Silas was in the car with us. And, um, you know, he says, Mom, I didn't know you were fired from a job. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, yippee, let's talk about this. But it wasn't a shameful thing, but I was just like, yeah, you know, there are gonna, things going to come up that my son doesn't know about my life, you know, that you guys don't know about our lives. I don't know about your life. 
But it's not to brag on me or my past. It is to truly brag on our Savior. And as I'm telling Silas the story about what had happened and how I had actually been wronged, wronged, um, and I had people come to bat for me and offer to sue people for me, and it was the very lawyer that hired me to work for him that was going to sue my bank for me. And God so turned that situation around. But, but the day I got fired, I drove to my pastor's house crying all the way there because I didn't know what to do. Just didn't know what to do. I remember that like it was yesterday. But the neat thing is when I tell the stories, when I think about the situations that were the Pam from a long time ago, it really is like I'm telling somebody else's story. It's like I'm telling about somebody else's life because my story, even though it involves all that, it doesn't look the same today. It doesn't look the same today. I could tell you many, many things as we all could. We all have a past. And you know, I'm not saying like it's a bad past or whatever. Maybe your story and your journey is I have followed Jesus since the day I knew how to. Hallelujah. That's an amazing story. Oh my gosh. What an example and what a cool thing to be able to tell people, yes, this could happen. Jesus really is good. But when your story is not quite that, you know, we joke about this because obviously we have a divorce in the family. I had two girls before Chris and I got married. So when Chris and I got married, we had an instant family. And that's not a secret. Silas does know that just so everybody <clears throat> is clear about that. But Heather says, one of my, our daughters says to me sometimes, you know, mom, I'll listen to people and they'll tell about they're doing drugs or I used to do this or I used to do that. And, you know, I was in jail and da 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 because she's an attorney now and she hears all kinds of stuff. But she says, you know, when she gets around Christians and they tell their story and this is all part of their testimony, she says, well, I, I went through divorce. <laughs> As though that's all I have to say. That's it. It's all my woohoo, yippee, thanks God for a divorce testimony. Really? Can I have something more like drugs? You know, because she's like, oh, all I can ever say is, well, I went through divorce, which of course is not really, well, that's all it is. I mean, it's affected our lives forever. It's not a happy thing, and it's not Father's heart, right? It's not good. I'm never in any way saying that's the right thing to do. But because that is part of her journey, it's funny to us that all she says is, well, yippee, I went through divorce. I never had drugs. I didn't have to go through that stuff and go to jail. But God, no matter what, even if all you can say is, gosh, I've been in the church all my life. Wow. Share your story because somebody needs your story to help bring them up out of a tomb. And you never know what that tomb is. Maybe it is, gosh, I've gone to church all my life and I don't know why. I don't have a reason. I don't know what the point is. Why am I doing this? What's Jesus in the tomb have to do with my life? I've known this for 30 years, so what's going to change now? Maybe they need to hear your story. Maybe they need to know what's different now in your heart. Well, maybe there's nothing different in your heart. That's why God wants to rock and roll you. That's why he wants to give us encounters so that you have a new story to be able to give to the people that are desperate. And if it's you that's desperate, ask God for a rock and roll encounter in your life. We all understand that. You know, I told Chris this morning, I'm like, you know, you've had an encounter. You have had an encounter. You have, you have faced death. You have faced the fear of death. Now, seriously, in all honesty, he got a little scolded because he waited way too long to deal with this. Okay. And by the way, his surgeon, oh my gosh, he's like this Greek dude. He's just awesome. He's an old man. And he just, 
Oh, he's just wonderful. I wish everyone could meet him, but he, he has a Catholic grid. And so, you know, when he found out Chris was a pastor, he was like, Oh, we need to get you out of, out of, out of the hospital so you can be at mass. And then yesterday morning before he did the surgery, he was like, we'll get you out. We'll get you. Everything goes well. You'll be out three, 4 AM. You can still be at Easter sunrise and do the mass or whatever. And we laughed and we're like, no, we're good till 11. (laughs) Anyway, we've had a great relationship with him. We've shared stuff with him. I mean, he's a surgeon. He doesn't spend time with people. God's prepared the way. And there are always going to be stories along the way like that. But where was I? Chris really had an encounter, okay? He really met face-to-face face with a fear and a tomb, come on, that was keeping him from living. And so we're talking this morning, and I'm like, you're never going to be the same. Come on, when we go through stuff like that, we're never going to be the same. And don't let that discouragement or that hopelessness keep you from reaching out to Jesus to be the one that takes you up out of the tomb. Because he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe? Do you believe? You know, we all have to come to the point where we draw the line in the sand and we say, I believe. You know, I don't even know what that means, God, but I believe. I don't even know what that's going to mean from today forward, but yes, I believe. Amen? It's a choice for all of us. But our journey is only for us to walk. Now, I get to share my journey with you. You get to share your journey with me. Thank God. I love to hear stories. Part of what I love most is hearing how God has changed people's stories because that's what Jesus does, you know? When I see people and they tell me things, I'm like, oh, he wants to change your story. He wants, let me tell you about me. Let me tell you what he did for me and what he did for me. Gosh, he'll do that for you. Come on. There's got to be a prisoner of hope, something in us that reaches back to the people that have gone through even the things you've been through to be able to say, you don't have to stay there. You know, it may not be peaches and roses and cream and flowers all the time, but Jesus will be with you always, even till the end of the age. Amen. Okay, so after that, John chapter 20, verse 7. We are on the resurrection page again. Okay, that was all the story of, it was Jesus' tomb only. John chapter 20, verse 7 says, Ah, The cloth, wait, is that what I want? John 27, I don't know if that's what I want. Let's look at six. Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived. Okay, that's when they all get there. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. Okay, the cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. And we've heard this on all the other gospels. It's all in there. Leave behind your clothes of death. Okay, leave behind the burial stuff. Leave behind the clothes that have an association. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a literal clothing item, but if that is, get rid of it, you know. But seriously, leave behind the things, the accessories, whatever it is that keeps you reminded of death and keeps you from life, okay? You know, we went through, have you heard of, uh, you know, sometimes we say, burn the old records, you know, burn up the old DVDs or movies. Don't give them to somebody else for them to listen to them. Get rid of them. Destroy them. Nobody needs that stuff. Nobody needs some of that trash that's out there, you know? That's what I'm saying. 
get rid of the burial clothes. Let them be there. Let them be gone. Let them be part of the history of the tomb. Just like the gallbladder, let it be part of the history. I'm not taking this with me anymore. I'm not taking the symptoms and the side effects and all that junk. It's not going with me anymore because I choose life. Because Jesus has a new journey for you. Okay, so then the very um, last verse that I was going to read is the one in John 20, which talks about Jesus coming through the walls. Verse 19, it says, On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews even talks about they were afraid. That's why the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace. As only Jesus could. As only Jesus could at that moment to his disciples. As only Jesus could to the Mays family, to New Life Fellowship. Peace. Peace be with you always. Peace. Peace. And that's the cool thing about the story of Jesus' resurrection. He had a plan and a purpose from the beginning. He knew what was coming. They didn't know, even though he told them. They didn't get it. But no matter what happens down the road, peace. Peace. Amen? Whew. Thank you, Jesus. So, uh, Mike, Dave, I'm not sure who's going to help with this. Okay, I'm going to have the ushers. I have something to give you guys this morning. Just kind of as a remembrance of what we talked about this morning and a reminder of what Jesus wants to do in all of our lives. Okay? Um, so, where we are right now, right here, what I just want to do is just give you a a chance to respond because we're going to go on to baptisms and I'm very excited about that because God's in the house to baptize people today. Amen. Amen. Because when you go down, you're dead in the tomb, but when you come up, you're alive, ready for your new journey, ready for your new life. Just like Jesus knew the power for all of us, he was the example. He came up out of the tomb, not that we would stay there, but to show us everything I do on earth, I do just like you. Come on. Whether it's a natural raised from the dead or a supernatural raised from the dead, it's God's business. That's exactly who he is. He wants to bring life today. So, guys, you can go ahead and just decide how you want to just go ahead and pass um, pass them out. What I'm going sh- to give you is everybody is going to get um, like a river rock today, okay? Just go ahead and pass them out. Everybody take one out of the basket. They're pretty cool, too. I was impressed with what I found. God's so cool. In the middle of my crazy couple of days. Hang on to it. And what we're going to do is we're just going to pray. And whatever this stone may have represented for you. And to be very honest, for us, it's meant a gallstone. (laughs) Seriously, how crazy is that? Maybe yours is a kidney stone, whatever. I'm familiar with stones in a whole new way. More than I wanted to, actually, but that's okay. And never mind, never mind. Um, Take the stone, and we're just going to pray together. And I just want to give all of us a chance just to respond to what God wants to speak and what he wants to do from here, okay? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, even the little ones. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to pray while they're still passing them out. and Just pray with me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you that, Jesus, you didn't stay in the tomb. Yeah. 
That's part of our story. That's part of our story to tell. Jesus, you did not stay in death. Death could not hold you. Mm. And so today we say death cannot hold us. Death cannot hold me. Death cannot hold me. And some of you may just need to say that today. Death cannot hold me. Death cannot hold me. Because Jesus, you are alive. You are alive. You are alive. So, Lord, I ask that even as everyone's holding a stone in their hand, hmm, I thank you for a rock and roll encounter in every life today. Yeah. (laughs) I thank you, Lord, that this stone represents the rock. Yeah. The big, gigantic thing that needs to be rolled away hmm, to bring freedom from whatever's holding us back, from full life in you. You came to give us not just an ordinary existence, not just a ho-hum life, but you came, Jesus, John 10.10, to give us abundant life, abundant life to the fullest. Easter is about celebrating an abundant life. Yeah, celebrating a life in you. So right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you just speak to everybody here in the room, just speak to our hearts. And just show us, is there an area today, hmm, or two or three or whatever, yeah, that we just need to say, death cannot hold me back. Death cannot hold me back from this area of my life anymore. Because Jesus, yeah, you are alive in me. You are alive. And in that place, Lord, where people say that and declare that today, (laughs) I thank you that you raise us up out of that tomb. Yeah, you raise us up to be seated in heavenly places, and you remind us of the things you have spoken over us, that we are your beloved. Yeah, the one you love, we are yours. From the youngest to the oldest, and that you lavish your love on every person here. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for your sweet love. And we just say peace. Hmm. Peace. Peace to the house. Peace to every life, every person, every parent, every child. Yeah. You are real and living God. Hmm. Yeah. And Lord, we thank you for freedom. We thank you for freedom. We thank you for this day being a new day marked by you. And God, as we keep these even smooth, sweet stones to represent a beautiful thing that you want us to tell about how you've given us a new journey and a new story to tell. Just help us be mindful to give it and share. Hmm. Yeah, let us share our testimony with others, Lord God, when it comes up. And we ask for divine opportunities. We ask for divine appointments, yeah. We leave the grave clothes behind. (laughs) And God, I thank you that no one in here needs to walk alone. No one in here needs to be by themselves, that you have brought us together. Yeah, I thank you for Jesus being with us always, even till the end of the age. (laughs) To your glory and to your fame, to your fame, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen.